Welcome to SV Pod. Stanford Steve alongside. How are you, big man? Excellent. You? Uh, I'm good. Um, I'm good. It's uh, it's a weird day. I just I'll start with some serious stuff here. Um, we've been starting with kid ball updates, right? Big smile on the face, and uh, we got an update for you on the Texans coming. Um, but it, real life intersects with um, with our with our gig um, on Monday. I and it started on Sunday night. You, you and I get done with the show. Sunday night's our late night. It's a ninety minute show. We leave here, whatever. We get home like around what two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> give or take. And um, you know, people are always interested. Like, what, what, when do you go in? What's the day like? Yada yada. The thing I've always tried to explain to people is when you're done, you have to land the plane. Meaning, you're at, at midnight. The red light comes on, and you, it's, it requires a certain amount of energy. It requires a certain amount of focus, and you can't just go home and just face plant and go to bed. Or at least I can't. Some days you're exhausted, but most days you just you need to just sort of come down, decompress. And on a Sunday like the one we just saw. You just go read, right? At least that's what yep. I do. So I go to my I go in my office, I just open the computer and start reading. Well, I see I see on Twitter, I see Virginia and I see, you know, lockdown. I'm like, oh oh no. And then I start reading. So my nephew is a freshman at Virginia. And I immediately try to text my brother in law, who's a he's a doctor, he works weird hours, maybe he's awake. Maybe he's heard. Maybe I didn't get him. And now it's 2, 2 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. And you're just, you're just brain spinning because you're just, this is obviously an awful thing. Well, wake up in the morning. First thing you do, you pick up your phone. And gratefully, that's not a phone call that my brother-in-law and my sister got. Um, my nephew, their son's fine. But their three parents, they, they've got the worst call you could ever get in your life. And that's Lavelle Davis. It's Devin Chandler. It's Deshaun Perry. These are three football players at the University of Virginia. And it's just heartbreaking. Um, it, it, as you and I talk on this Monday, I mean, there's there's no, there's a million whys, mm-hmm. how, what's, but there's no answers at the moment. There's just the enormity of the loss. And you and I are both, this is no secret, we're both very close with, with Chris Long. Uh, you're... You you guys talk. You guys are doing stuff every week during the mm-hmm. season. Now you're on. You're a guest on his pod, um, and he's the best. Chris Long's the best. You were de- you went down there. You were down there for a game, or was it in the summer when we? Yeah, I've been down there? there a couple times. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you've seen Charlottesville. Mm. Um, he he's part of that that brotherhood, that fraternity of being part of Virginia football. And I just I can't fathom the loss for the families, first and foremost. And for the entire Virginia football program, and then for the extended family of which Chris is a part and, and, a, and a member of the Charlottesville community. And so um, it's just it's just a day I've I've spent reading and, you know, just thinking and it just it just sits there in your lap and it's just so damn heavy. Um, and I know you you and, and this is this, you know, your conversations with Chris are private. I'm not it's what he's trying to sort out is a lot, but it's just. Uh, I can't fathom any of it for all those that are involved. And, you know, you just, you, you grieve and you send you as much love and light and prayers and hope and thought as you can. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, there's no, there's no place like Charlottesville and those people being there, being as nice as they were taking me in. And that's, that's, that's what hurts so much when you think about it, because it is small, it's a smaller community, but it, it is that tight. 
when you talk about who knows who and who's friends with who. And that's that's what's really tough because everybody everybody has a part of this and it's just brutal to have to deal with. And um, I, I just it's it's awful. And you just I mean, I think about, you know, like you said, the guys on the team and then you got extended families and, you know, everybody you got alumni, a lot of alum, you know, live in Charlottesville. It's, it's a great place. And now everybody, you know, grieves differently and has to find their way to get through this. And it's just a brutal, brutal circumstance. And yeah. um, my thoughts and and wishes are, are with those people there. Um, it's 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 awful. Awful. Yeah, t- Tony Elliott, the head coach there, put out a statement on Monday. And I, I mean, I, I you we've experienced loss, not like this. Mm. Uh, I think the thing about loss and about grieving for each person is different. And I think that it's really important that everybody allows themselves whatever time they need to get right. You know, whatever it is, it's on your plate. If you're part of the Virginia football team, you got games. I mean, if if you guys want to play to honor your teammates, I think people get it. And if you say, look, that's a wrap. Everyone mm. gets it, I think, as well. I mean, wh- who could possibly think about what, like a practice or a game? I mean, I don't, it's just it's just incredibly heavy. And and then people reach out and connect the dots with us because, and I smile when I think of in all the times you and I have done the show, mm-hmm. there are a few things we've ever done that have that have made more people laugh than the famed Abilene Christian Virginia bad beat. Yeah, and that play is a pick six, and it's Deshaun Perry who scores, mm. and so immediately. We think, okay, it's a Monday. We have a show. Well, well, that is part part of the. You do this montage that leads into that segment. Well, that won't run again, ever on our show. Um, it's. I'm not. I assume it's obvious why that that's something to be retired. Um, not. You're not gonna. We're not gonna trot that out every week for ha ha ha. Mm. Um, and I, I appreciate. I think. I think you knew already. Somebody sent it on, on Twitter, and you just thought, "Oh my gosh, that's true." Mm-hmm. Um, so, for anybody uh, you know in the in the Virginia football family, uh, if you're familiar with that, uh, don't you know? Not that that's a worry or a concern because it's not. You have far more pressing matters, but that's on our radar, and it won't be something that we air again. Um, no, it's it's the first thing, like you said. Pick up the you wake up, you pick up the phone, and I see. Sean Perry, and I'm like, oh my no. Yep. And just from going back, I think it's three, three years now, mm-hmm. and just going through that, like mapping that bad beat out for the show, that's a name I'll never forget because that's who scored the, the yep. last touchdown in the game. And right then I just it just clicked and it just oh god, really. I just I just grew. kept looking, I just kept looking at the faces of those young men. Yeah. And Virginia is such a brilliant school filled with brilliant mm-hmm. people that are gonna do brilliant stuff. Um, and it's just, these are, these are young people and I I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the we're doing, Uh, but I mean, that, that's what happened. And and again, as I said, and Steve said, uh, our love, our thoughts with, uh, with our brother, Chris Long and everybody that's part of that Virginia community and family. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something that we've been processing, um, as it relates to both life and then work. Um, part of our work every Monday is this, it's fun to go through, right? It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's a hard left turn. Um, but let's smile and, and let's give folks an update 
uh, on the Texans who are on a three-game heater, Steve. Oh. Um, we're uh, <laughs> heading in the right direction. Missed this Sunday's game, which, man, that was a bummer. Wifey and I were in a function uh, in, in Connecticut. Uh, went up for a, a dinner party on Saturday. Thought we were going to be able to see the game Saturday. The storm, the remnants of the hurricane came through, rained a bunch, pushed the game to Sunday. I wasn't there. Could have um, played Saturday. Just saying. This is true. This nice is very day of true. the year. Just, it did. It was really nice. <laughs> really I'm nice. guessing they didn't check in with you about the weather because you would have known. I would have let them know. Listen, I think we're exactly. going to be cleared. I think we're going to be cleared out of here. I think we're good for Saturday. And good conditions to put up another forty burger. Won't be thirty. Won't be thirty-two degrees. Um, but the Texans apparently. I, I mean, they've got the offense cooking. Uh, they, it was a forty-eight to forty shootout. Oh, they give it out totals on those games yet? Take the we Texans. Got, we got to start adjusting the over. Take, take the Texans over because our our defense is not buttoned up. Although, although, uh, young Van Pelt apparently had a little a little pick on a important two-point conversion yeah now, the, the question that i haven't figured out yet got to get to the bottom of this let's just say that there's a left-handed former maryland terrapin quarterback who's big in the community down here and it's my understanding that they went to the pen and he came in to be the permanent qb even though this isn't his team oh which is a little bit curious for very decorated and accomplished former Terp quarterback to be out there yeah. tapping in yeah. to just sling dimes to these Seahawks. You can't make a waivers claim for a former Division One quarterback on the morning of the game. What's no, going on here? Like who, whose last performance, I think, in college was a massive Gator Bowl beatdown. <laughs> I think. I don't remember for sure. It's a long. I mean, I'm old. He's not. So I don't know. I don't know what that was all about. Wow. There might have been some text exchange to say, you're you're suspect. <laughs> Keeping an eye on you over there, kid. Tapping in. and he, My understanding, there might have been a drop or two because our defense is not great. <laughs> but the offense is humming. And uh, the Texans managed in uh, in kid ball. Mm. Shout, shout to my guy, Ronnie, to, to get to a, a three-game winning streak. Um, and... Uh, Again, I, it was it was a bummer to miss it. Weatherman, again, just next time you guys want to know, can we go or not? Just I'll check in. Yeah. I'll let you know. I mean, come on. If there's one thing you could bring to the table for the organization is a weather update. Doppler. I, I'm. I never understand how the people that don't pay attention, like you wake up and it surprises you that there's that there's bad weather. I mean, it's it's the information is readily attainable. You just have to have a curiosity about it. Um. Anyway, that was that was the, the kid ball update. Shout out to the Texans three game win streak. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Saturday or Sunday football first? Your choice. 
Sunday football. Bills, Vikings. There's so much to it. And the thing that always is interesting to me, Bills are good, okay? Josh Allen needs to tighten some stuff up, particularly in the red zone. It's wild. He gets down there and just forces it. Um, and I think the Vikings are good as well. They also, they also keep pulling rabbits out of hats, but good teams figure out how to win games. And the mm-hmm. thing we knocked them for in the past was losing those games, and they keep winning them. Uh, but what's incredible is they get a stop on the goal line, and then there's a fumble. And if there's not the fumble, then every conversation on every network all day long is completely different. And it's dismissive of the Vikes, and it's blah, blah, blah. And instead, what happened, and then the fact that the Vikings survive both a last-minute possession and an overtime possession of Allen to win, it just changes all of the, the talking points. After an incredible football game, that without any skin in the game, I, it just was a blast to watch. But I just find it I find it wild how the coin flip allows every bit of the conversation to be completely different. Yeah, see, I go back even further to the Jefferson catch. And if the defensive back just knocks it down, he said they don't much. even get that. It's over then. What you, a catch. You, that, you're, you're right. You're right. But I mean, si- that is situational football. You're right. That is finest. And I give him a lot of credit after the game. He, he owned it. Got to Got to know the situation. And that's like, you, you know, you say this is when the narrative started and this is what's like you could. I mean, that game had so many instances. No doubt. And I mean, before that, I think I think uh, going back and looking at the, the game log today, I think it, like the Bills had three turnovers in the last 10 minutes of the game in overtime. But it's That's, nuts. I mean, I mean they, had a, they had a 13 play drive. It was a fourth and two up 27, 17. They decided yeah. not to kick a field goal. Uh, Allen throws a pick. And then Minnesota had like three fourth down conversions on that drive. I mean, a million, uh, so many things. That's the, that's the thing about, about football when you deconstruct it. Mm-hmm. And then you go back the next day and, and look at it and try to try to actually digest it all. It, it leads to the most interesting, for me, what ifs. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so... Look, if I'm Buffalo, it's it really it it they Stefan Diggs said, look, you know, we say don't blink. I think we it feels like we're blinking. And Josh Allen's like, this is on me. And there's a lot of searching, and there should be. You know, you, you work way too hard to try to earn home field. And then in two weeks against the Jets and this, you you know, you lose two in a row, and now all of a sudden you're going, Oh my God, we're gonna have to go back to that place again. Mm. <laughs> Meaning Arrowhead. Yeah. Um, and phew, you you gotta you got to take care of your business, man. It, it's and to me, I get it. You know, Buffalo has turned into the the new Chicago Cubs of years past. Before the Cubs won the World Series, it was the number one bet team to win the Super Bowl. All of the Cubs forever were always, you know, people would bet to win the World Series because they wanted to see it. We get it. We we we've talked about our affinity for the city of Buffalo. Sure, but I think they need to go through these kind of things because. When you look at the situations and look at what's happened, it's your star player not being aware in a situation of what you have to do. And the only way he's going to learn is to start doing the right thing. And I, I go back, you know, you we, we talked about it the first thing you came in. That's a 13-play drive. It's fourth down and two. You're already up 10 points. It's the fourth quarter. Make the right play. Don't force anything. And that's 
that's what's getting him in trouble. He continues to force things. Um, I, I go back to that playoff game against Houston when he just lateraled the ball uh, yes. a couple of years ago. And I just, it's a, it's a hump you need to get over. And Josh, I just think he's, he's pressing uh, too much and he doesn't have to, he has phenomenal talent around him. He's got to, you know, rein it back a little bit in, in the biggest situations. And, He's got he's got to do it. He has because that's what teams are going to do. They're going to keep pressure on you until, you know, what does Belichick always say? More games are lost than won. That's a pretty, pretty good example right there of just hang around in the fight and they don't blow it. Yeah. All everything you're saying is true. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I I just also think Minnesota DB makes an incredible play on Dawson Knox. I mean, that's very nearly a touchdown to Knox. Mm hmm. And it gets broken up um, before that was before overtime. I mean, as you say, you go, this is the, this is the go back and look. And there's just so many little moments. Minnesota made a ton of winning plays. They're eight and one. They're underdogs at home against Dallas. Yeah. That, there's, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, again, Vegas, <laughs> they just, they tell you what to do. I, you know, I thought I was going to see more outcry today though, about the rule our overtime rule changes. Because when Bills lost in overtime again, and then last time they did, we changed the overtime rule. So I'm waiting to see what uh, suggestions people have for overtime uh, to help Buffalo out. All right, Bills fans, that's Stanford Steve. You want to direct your anger towards. Hmm. Um, I have some topics I'd like to get to from Sunday beyond that. Let's do it. Miami offense. Whew. I like good. it. I like it. Two has got, got the grease hot, baby. He's got options. Their run game with Mostert and Wilson both have scored in both games since Wilson gets traded over. I always loved him, and I'll admit this is a fantasy football thing because he was on a team of mine years ago, and he helped me win a title. And I just always looked at him, and I thought, he's built like an absolute adult. He runs furious, and he just was always behind somebody, including Mostert in, in San Francisco. And, I mean... As soon as as soon as the Niners get McCaffrey, I just imagine down there in Miami, their head coach is like, "Well, let's call them, mm. see if we can get Wilson." Oh, we can. <laughs> cool. Uh, that's that team's fun, man. Two and two is getting more like he's a soft-spoken, uh, kind-hearted guy. I also think he's his the killer in him is starting to show more, mm -hmm. and the. Let it let it let it hang a little bit. Starting to is starting to be seen too, which I love. Yeah, let it let it air, air it out, big fella. Uh, they look good. They do. I'm really interested to see how these records start to play out because I could, I would think Miami really wants to play as many home games in the playoffs as possible, and uh, that's that's what I think is a uh, major factor as we go down. Uh, the road here, no one. Well, the, AFC, the AFC East is real interesting. Buffalo's real, real interesting because both the Jets and the uh, Dolphins have beaten the Bills. And the Bills are one game ahead of New England. That's what I'm trying to say. One. I have a question. Go. Did Tampa Bay, did they, did they somehow ride out the storm? And this isn't, did they fix it? This isn't, are they great, but have they ridden out the storm and the sun's sort of going to come out for them here in this next month and a half and they're, 
they'll end up being the having a home playoff game because they win the South. And and someone's going to wake up and go, son of a, we got to go play freaking Brady mm. and that defense in the playoffs. Because I it feels like that's what's going to happen. I think there's two parts to that. I think right. you're seeing more from the other teams in the division and how they are not capable. Limited. And, and I think Brady's figuring some things out offensively, what he could do. Kid White. Uh, How about Rashad more, White? He, he, out, he, out, he out-snapped Fournette last week is in the run game. Hit that pointer. Was a, that was, hit, hit pointer from Fournette. Yeah. Well, I understand. He so, also had no, pass, but, also also had passport issues too. Look, Fournette's nice. I'm not saying he's going to get Wally no. pipped. I'm not saying he's going to get Wally pipped here. But sometimes that opportunity can let you see what you have. Maybe like a Dallas with Pollard, where you realize, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's let's use Fournette more battering ram on the goal line in the passing game. Get him out in space, and let's just let let White be our first and ten. Here's the handoff guy. Yeah, and I think you you know. We, it goes back to the preseason. You know, when guys aren't practicing and taking time off of practice, you got to learn on the fly. He's done it forever, but I think he's starting to find some guys that, you know, need to get some touches. Uh, I look at the tight end, Otten. I, I think he's he likes him now. Yep. Uh, he's getting more targets. It just helps your offense. The more people you get involved, and I think the quick game is huge for him knowing that they, you know, are limited on the offensive line because they're, they're not good, and they – you have to continue to try things, and that's what they're doing. They're very fortunate. As I said, the other teams in the division, I, I don't think could do it. So, no. yes, I think they're going to get the home playoff game, but I think there's going to be plenty of teams lined up to be like, all right, we're, all right we'll take this. We'll, right. we'll go it's, down there. Like get, just, we, now, now we're ready. This isn't going to New England back in the day. You understood. Know? No, no, is, I, I get it. I just think I, there's quarterbacks I'd rather face in the playoffs than him. Mm-hmm. You know, no doubt. But but I also think that the, the the mythology of him and the reality of what he is now are, are different things. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think people would be terrified. I just think you kind of roll your eyes and go, well, I mean, I'd rather play the Giants, you know, correct. with respect. Because the other um, thing, too, he does have is a very good defense. Correct. As well. Green Bay winning didn't surprise me at all. It, it, it had every sort of element of last stand, human nature, give him a spirited, you know, fight. Lambo was fantastic Sunday, but Dallas is up 14 in the fourth and their defense is, you know, a whole lot of people, myself included, giving them a whole lot of love because they mostly should get it, but I mean, gave up a 14 point lead and they lost. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. Cause I, I mean, we did the show Sunday night and, you know, I brought up the overtime thing and I, I get, you know, what the sort of, what the the analysis for analytically would be your best chance would it be to go for it i i i just think if you're if you don't get it you're giving far of the uh, far <laughs> he's not the quarterback there hasn't been for quite some time you're giving rogers the ball back without even having a chance to, to score points and he's going to get the ball back if you make the kick uh the defense though maybe even in mccarthy's mind he's thinking look we haven't stopped him for a quarter but that's the thing that I thought interesting a day later that I'd be a little bit like, huh, that's not what I expected to see out of that unit on Sunday. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot happened. I think um, now I wanted to go back and see if, if the, the big third downs were Rogers changing something at the line of scrimmage, uh, depending on what he saw. 
from the Cowboys defense. But what I what really surprised me was how well the Packers ran it on them. And I think that kept them around uh, a lot longer uh, than than I expected. I did not think, you know, Dallas was off a bye too, right? I mean, that that was off a bye up 14 against a yeah. team that's reeling. I mean, surprising. Just, yeah, I would agree. Uh, that that part of it, it, Green Bay giving you a spirited effort, Green Bay, you know, fighting didn't surprise me at all. You, uh, saw, Matt LaFleur, did... you saw Matt LaFleur cry on the cry post game. Mm. I, I found that very revealing. Like it's just it's a good reminder. Derek Carr, same deal in Vegas. I'm going to get to Vegas and the Colts in a minute. Just good reminder. Like there's, there's people put a lot into this. Exactly, you know? man. Exactly. Like we we watch. We watch. We're not living it. And nope. that's that's. You don't know what's going on, and I do know there's plenty of work put in on coaches' staff, especially in the NFL where there's no 20-hour rule or anything like that. Those guys are grinding, man, and I, I can't imagine with a team that's had expectations like this. And you, I mean, I think you said it on the on the show last night. It felt like a last stand for yep. Rodgers and the Packers, and that that's that's championship pedigree, man. That is stuff that's instilled. And knowing that you still have to stay your mind on the right path because you know it's attainable. But are you going to do it? You got to wait till Sunday. And when that opportunity comes, you got to strike. And uh, they did. It was, it was really impressive. You mentioned all the hours. I'm going to get to this Saturday, Colts, and the win. And I listened a lot last week you know, to, to mm. people. And I appreciate the perspective. Joe Thomas, dude's awesome. Couldn't, couldn't have more respect for a guy. Mm -hmm. um, said as much when, when he played in the league. I mean, only pretty much only played on bad teams, right? Yep. And showed up for work, punched the clock, did his job, was great forever. Was only great the entirety of his career. So I want this clear, nothing but the, the ultimate respect for, for who he is. Um, he destroyed the hiring of Saturday. Uh, Bill Cowher destroyed the hiring. Um, a lot of people destroyed it. Look, I myself will make, I don't get it, okay? I don't think any of us got it. But what, I'm, what I want to discuss here is the idea of sort of the, the the sacred sanctity of the of the gig and like <laughs> mad dog hit it on the head today did you hear him oh yeah yeah talking about gig. <laughs> bill cower go to cbs you never did a job of broadcasting in your life you're walking in you're doing a job and he's right he's right you never were you a broadcaster no you just walked in and did it because you just sort of sit down and talk is being a broadcaster, being a coach, the same? Of course not. Of course not. But Jeff Saturday spent like 15 years of his life in a locker room mm -hmm. as a center. The brains of the outfit, right? Catchers in baseball, centers in football. Probably as smart as anybody because they got to be because they got to know everything. And I think, Jeff, I think you heard it. You saw it. The humility to walk in the room and go, fellas, I get it, but I've been here. And they won. And they were pretty buttoned up. Could have gone either way. But the Raiders lose. And, and, and I'm eventually going to get to this overall point here about something Thomas said. He pointed out when it was Rob Chudzinski, I think he was talking about, that was the coach. And he's like, Rob Chudzinski like, only saw his kids once a week on Friday if he picked them up from school. 
And we all know what the cliche is. There's no 20 hour rule. Mm -hmm. And I mean, no disrespect to coach Chudzinski, but he went four and 12. Maybe you could have seen your kids also, because at no point in all of the grinding, did you come up with that, that mesh concept that got you eight more wins? Because at some point, I'm convinced of this, that there's just this diminishing returns that must set in, probably in any profession. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, I, could, I could sleep here, and I could be like, oh, I got to read. I got to read every newspaper. I got to read every, got to see every beat writer. Got to break down the all 22. But, but I only get an hour. You know what I'm saying? I only get an hour. And how, how much better could I be at the gig? I, I, I don't know what I don't know about coaching, but I think at some point, it's the first one in, last to leave, and you don't want the guy's light to be on that's down the hall that's the linebacker's coach because you're only a GA and you want to be an OC or a DC someday, and then you want to be a head coach. And please, if what I'm saying says, like, now nah, here's what you don't know, Scott. Correct me because you've lived it and I haven't. But I just think that the, the sense that you've got to spend 20 hours a day in the team facility and never see your children so that you can be a coach, and half of you are not going to be any good anyway, so I, I just think it's a little bit, a little much when mm. it comes to the outrage over the fact that a guy who's lived this life is going to defer, I assume, to the people in the room to try to collectively make some decisions. Like, and it was your colleague. Yeah, I don't care if you work for Fox or CBS. I don't care. Mm. It could, pick a Tony Gonzalez. If Tony went and coached somewhere, I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. But OK, he's done it. He's going to have the respect of the room, isn't he? So I just. I, I felt like in, in, in the final analysis, I appreciate and understand how hard it is. And I appreciate and understand that bypassing people that were in the room and bypassing other people, none of that feels great. But the idea that Saturday was somehow not qualified to be in the room and understand the room, that just that doesn't work for me. Yeah, I, I, I just... I'm completely biased. I've known Jeff Saturday for a long time. He was basically my host on my visit to North Carolina in 1996. I saw the way he owned the North Carolina locker room. If people don't believe me, go back and look at the NFL talent on a North Carolina team in 1997. The NFL guys all over. Everybody answered to Jeff Saturday. It was unbelievable to watch no matter who it was. You had Greg Allis, Bonnie Holiday, Trey Bly, all those guys. Jeff Saturday was the was the quote unquote captain of that team. He the ran it. The Al, yeah, I mean, whatever. I, we went. Mike Tyson was fighting. One everybody went to Saturday's house to watch the fight. Right. It just every everywhere we went, he was in control of it. And I loved how he said last week, "Hey, we'll assess this thing after eight games." I could I could have the totally worst plan in the world, and then we'll reassess it after eight games. I could be out of here. And he's he's and then he said, "But I'm not going to back down." And that's what you have to – he said it. He, he's lived in locker rooms. And that's the one thing I don't think people grasp here. He's not going to – he wasn't calling plays. He wasn't calling the defense. He wasn't, you know, setting a kickoff team and figuring that out. He was going to get the attention of the locker room. They, he got with the staff. Ryan got healthy. They made that decision was huge. He was great with clock management at the, at the end of the first half. Uh, the two-point conversion, I don't know. That might have been a little too early for me. But, hey – it it, it it I don't know. It, it felt like people were asking, you know, thinking he was going to do like, you know, fly to the moon or something, you know, like it, the guy's I, I just, been around it. It's, it's, he spent a decade and a half 
doing it. And, and a team for a really successful team, too. Look at the guys right. he played he, with. He knows the right way to do things. And, right. and I, that's and that's what I, I could say because I'm biased. I know the guy. But I was like, you know what? Maybe this does work out. I mean, they're not a great football team. That's not Look, a thing. How many guys in the NBA have been hired to be coaches that weren't coaches? Like, you, yeah. you just you know how to do it or you don't. And I just think I, I got what Joe was saying about coaches not seeing their family. Mm. But th- it was like it was an affront to something. And I'm like, no, man, they didn't just pull some chucklehead from the upper deck of Lucas Oil mm. in, in, a, in a Saturday jersey and put him down here. I think this guy lived it. He sweated and bled side by side with these folks. And Josh McDaniel, I mean, he's done it before. Mm. And he's two and seven. And it's so close. You live on a razor's edge in the NFL. So I, I'm not saying he can't do it, but he was a guy that came with the bona fides. Mm-hmm. And he's got it like their coaches, their their quarterbacks up there literally in tears because there's some sort of disconnect there. And the owner, uh, Davis, says he's he's good, you know, vote of confidence and whatever else. And I agree with him saying, look, we all want instant gratification. And that's just not how stuff works. And he's good with it. Good for him. Good for him. Telling everybody, relax. We're two and seven. Six of the losses are by one score. Last year, we were good in one score games. This year, we're not. But they're close. But. Like he could sleep at the he could sleep at the facility this week, and guess what? It's not going to help him make a two point conversion yesterday. You either make a play or you don't. And and the amount of hours you spend somewhere and not seeing your family isn't going to make you Vince Lombardi. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. And here's the other thing: two teams are playing. One's going to lose. Losing <laughs> is a part of sports, man. Right. Like I just not everybody can win. You, it, it, right, it, you, you it's can't, amazing you, to me that people just can't accept a loss. And I'm like, you can't eliminate right. that reality by punching the clock for 20 something hours a day. You can't. No, no. Someone's losing. Mm-hmm. And you can you could eliminate the ways you lose. You could be you could be buttoned up. You can make sure all the little things, all the variables control the controllables. I get all that. And again, I respect the profession. I just I've always felt like the notion that you're. Never see your family, and you're eating out of styrofoam boxes, and you got 26 big gulp cups full of dip spit because you're crunching the all 22. Like at some point, your game plan's your game plan, and you either got enough dudes to make plays or you don't. All right, with that, I have a uh-huh. question for you. Yeah, if the coaching staff had to step away next week, would you step in as the coach of the Texans and expect to win? The Houston Texans or the Kid Ball Texans? Your Kid Ball Texans. Oh, we're good. We got playmakers. <laughs> and guess what? I'm going to see my family. <laughs> and, you know, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Uh, good for Jeff, man. I mean, absolutely. I, I, I think his colleagues were, were happy for him. Uh, and and all and all the haters, they're probably still going to have their day because I'm looking at this schedule and it, of course. It's, it's brutal. Well, of course, they were limited before, you exactly. know, they were limited before banged up and you know matt ryan did, did, did seem to make a, a bit of difference although watching him run on that 39 yarder was just hysterical because he just wanted someone to tackle him so he didn't have to keep someone please just quickly quickly all right i'll keep going son mm. of a gun all right some saturday football to get to mm. i got i got four things written down number one tcu all credit to you yeah I, I thought the number next to texas with a minus sign next to it was pretty telling it was not if it weren't for a scoop and score, you guys keep them off the board. That was the head, the headline to me. That defense, which has not been very good, 
went into Austin, and that offense had been cooking. Mm-hmm. And you don't give up a touchdown. And now you got to go to Baylor. That's not going to be a fun treat either. Mm-hmm. But TCU's finish, you could still trip. But the finish line, all of a sudden, you could see the lights down the road. And uh, all credit to Sonny Dykes and his squad. That that was a, that was an imp- as impressive as anything anyone did on Saturday. No doubt. No doubt. We talked about it all week. Uh, Texas, they brought something to the table that TCU hadn't seen. TCU's strength wasn't their defense. And boy, was it Saturday night. Uh, the way they were able to defend Texas and you know, those big 12 defenses, they'll play three down guys. I was blown away at how well uh, TCU tackled in space. I mean, T- Texas has some game breakers, man, with Roshan Johnson and, and B. John Robinson and Worthy, the wide receiver. They, 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 they took it to them and they made uh, Texas quarterback, you know, Quinn Ewers, the, the young guy, you know, have to make plays and throws and he, he wasn't up to the bill. Uh, I think he started a game 0 for 6 or 0 for 8. That surprised and me. It set the tone, man. On the road. And, you know, we, you and I talked about all, like, how weird is this? That, you know, the brand is, is at home and favored in the game, but the purple team comes in with the four next to their name and zero in the loss column. Let me see what you got. And, man, that was, it was really, really impressed. And you made the point that the purple team from Fort Worth came to Austin with some momentum in this series. Oh, where, yeah. Okay, you're the brand, Austin, for yep. sure. You guys got the – I started to, I started to say the best facilities. I mean, Austin, they got some money in Fort Worth. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got – they can compete. Look, Texas is Texas. We get it. Yep. Uh, but the larger point is they don't fear one thing about Texas. Nope. Why would they? Like, we got the results. Mm-hmm. You, you know what the record is head-to-head with us lately because you played us. We win. We've yep. won these games. I didn't think they were going to win, and they did. Now they got to go to Baylor and win, and that'll be a that'll be a chore as well. Because mm. um, winning, I don't care where you are, home or away, as we saw, home was not great last week for the Conference of Champions. Number nope. two on my list from college football, Pac-12. That was a damaging weekend for you guys. Happens every year, Scott. That we yeah. get these Pac-12 teams, um, you know, there. And I've said for three, going back to when you talked. Uh, had the chance at the playoff and lost, or I, I, I've just said, you know, they peed on their own leg. It's not, it's, I don't think Washington did anything special. I don't think Oregon played to their capability. And now is that a credit to Washington? Sure. But if, or you have to play well in these situations, man, your back's against the wall. You already got the loss where people are coming after you for the, the style of that loss and everything. You yep. have to be on top of it. And now, Look who it is. It's it's the team that, you know, I, I've sort of doubted all year that could get to so this did point. I. So and did I. I just uh, – I'm stunned. Uh, I know it's Colorado, but I go – I see Die go out for uh, – Travis Die, who's been transferred from Oregon to USC. Probably, uh, you know, besides the quarterback, obviously, their most dependable guy in that offense, he goes down an injury. They don't have Mario at receiver. And this is the question I had for you was when you we watched them all um who is the most valuable player to you in college football Caleb Williams I I I think I'm there with you I I, I look at what he does man and it's 
It's unbelievable. I, I had three guys in there, and I don't know. Bryce is pretty. Bryce, Bryce is there, but Drake yeah. May at North Carolina is kind of yeah. the same deal, and that's the knock, right? On these teams is is especially Carolina and, and SC. They're on the outside looking in. Um, you're going to need some a lot of help to get in, but their defenses are not um, even average, and the onus that is on those two guys to come out and do this every week. It is. It's amazing to watch. Uh, so really fired up to see what those two guys uh, do moving forward. Well, I'm, I'm really interested to see. I mean, look, we talk, we give we give the nod to, to TCU for beating Texas, but then, man, you better you better not enjoy it too much, correct? Because you because you got, you got to go to Waco and take on Baylor, and for SC, you got to take on a UCLA team. Who, mm-hmm. yeah, that was man. You can't lose to Arizona. Uh, and they, but they did. They did. Uh, yeah, th- yeah. They didn't do very well on the defensive end. Um, but now, speaking of the defensive end for USC, you have to go play UCLA. And if you don't remember what happened last year, um, mm. I had. Um, I want to get the score right because we were on I, opposite sides. I remember this. In winners, I took USC. I yep. believe it might have been a general principle game, just because I'm like, look, it's a rivalry game. You're going to get the very best focused effort from this Trojan side. And I don't know how many I was getting, Steve, but um, <laughs> wasn't 30. It was, it, you were getting three and a half. Yeah, I needed a zero after that. And even then, <laughs> I mean, UCLA dented the board to the tune of 62. Mm. And I get that they just lost to Arizona, but they're plenty capable of hanging a big number on SC on Saturday. Exactly. I, I I don't see. I mean, there's got to be a total posted on this. Is it higher seventies? I'm sure it is. Yeah, well, I, it was. It was against Arizona. It didn't get there, but it, it was in the seventies. Mm, um, UCLA six hundred and nine yards of offense last year in this yeah. game, and yeah. it's obviously totally different regimes. But it is a game where you're going to have to outscore. And uh, fascinated to see what happens. It, it's going to be a basketball game on on the Rose Bowl field. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be back and forth for sure. Knowing the playmakers they have on both teams, dying to see how it plays out. All right, two more, two more college football pieces. Three. Speaking of rivalries, it's a week away, but the Ohio State Michigan game is a monster. I saw, and and I never know if the, where these numbers come from, and if they're right. I saw some early look that the line was Ohio State four against Michigan. I was like, whoa. Caesars that, just Caesars just put out seven. Okay, that that when you and I talked like a week ago, mm-hmm. I said seven and seven feels right because it's like if you like Michigan, seven's enough for you to take it. And if you like Ohio State, Ohio seven's enough, you'll lay it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like it, it pushes you in one obvious way or another. Um, But it's and I don't know why this why it has to be an elimination game other than I think I think you and I talked about this last week. I know I talked about it with Reese Davis on the on the uh, on the Tuesday night show that playing this so late knocks whoever loses out because they don't get any chance to change anybody's opinion. Um, but it's it's just really interesting. Well, to see one this. of those teams could have played somebody in that conference who would feel better about it. You know what? That's an excellent excellent point. That's you. You, you don't know. have to play hollow hollow uh, Hawaii, Yukon, and Colorado State if you're Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ohio State did play Notre Dame. They yeah, did play, they did play Notre Dame. No, I just I said one. Of hey, those whoa, 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 whoa! This is not on my one, two, three, four. Speaking of UConn, one time for Jim Moore, huh? 
bowl Huskies. eligible? Heck that's, yeah. Seriously, that's awesome. It's awesome. That, they were horrific. And they didn't even play in 2020 because their coach didn't want to. And Moore that's how took bad it was. Moore took the job and we're like, what is this guy? Nuts. And they beat they beat Liberty, who the week before was beating Arkansas to get bowl eligible. That's mm-hmm. incredible. All right, that's, this was the UConn football portion of the pot. Salute to them. Go four, four on my list. SEC West. I don't. It's not a question. It's not really a statement. It's just Ole Miss had it right there. Had a chance. Yep. Couldn't pull it off. And that's the thing about Bama that must really be infuriating is even when they seem semi gettable, right? I mean, you had they had a double digit lead on them. And you got everybody going, oh, this is Saban. The cracks in the facade. Uh, really? See how we signed up for 60. And, that, and that's what it comes down to, Scott. They, it's not, it's it's a real 60. Because, yeah. and that's why I didn't think LSU, I said two weeks ago, I didn't think LSU was built for the Alabama 60-minute game. Tennessee got there. LSU, I wasn't sure, and boy, did LSU prove me wrong. And that's what I think. You you look at Ole Miss, you got to be playing your best. And at the end, there looked like there were some guys fatigued up front. You got the ultimate, you know, um, guy you know, calling the shots with Bryce Young. And you knew, Lane, you could see it on his face the whole game. He knew they were going to have to be good in the fourth quarter, and they were not. Nope. And that's what I talk about when you're talking about, I mean, these college football games are marathons now. You have to have guys ready to go in the fourth quarter, and I don't think Ole Miss had that. Um, and and that's what happens. That that's what makes it so different and uh, different and, and and I should say difficult and tough at the same time. So you could end up with LSU in uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, and that's where they're going to be. And I mean. That line's out. You know what it is? Yeah. I don't. Six, 16. Yeah. I say you could. That's like, that's what it is. <laughs> that's amazing. I know. That's and that, exactly and, and they, what I said on Daily Wager today. And they were like, what's your first reaction? I'm like, wow. I'm like, look at what LSU's done the last couple months. And they're 16 point underdog. Well, I mean, look at what look at what Georgia does to people. Yeah. I mean, we had Kirby on last week. They went from playing the offensive Tennessee, who they absolutely shut down, to playing the offensive Mississippi State. And as Kirby said, like we're playing an offense. There's not one thing that's similar from one week to the next. Mm-hmm. And you know, there were two different styles of game, and they they won. Like, you want to play a high scoring game? Okay, you guys could score some, but we're going to end up scoring a whole lot more. They did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be look LSU. They're, that program is far more than happy to be here, but I'd say given the start to their year, that Labor Day weekend against Florida State, they missed an extra point to tie it late where they like Florida State looked like they were going to win by a lot. But people thought, man, LSU's not very good. Uh, to get to Atlanta and that conference, that's that's the first hurdle. That's what everyone thinks. Just if you can get to Atlanta, it's a big year. So I say, no matter what happens for LSU, that's the Brian Kelly, uh, the Brian Kelly, and whatever you want to call it, tenures is off to a, a fine start because you know you beat Bama. 
I just want to add this too. Go back and think about that first Labor Day game and how bad it was. Those two teams are playing some of the best football in, in college football right now in Florida State and LSU. And that's a credit to those coaching staffs. It really is. That that that's what you talk about getting better and and you know going through the process and knowing what you need to do. Those two teams are playing at a really, really high level right now. Florida State, Florida is going to be a former mm. uh, while we're at it. I know what your house is rooting for in that uh-huh. one. There you go. Thanksgiving weekend, a whole lot of people getting together. Make, I'm sure there'll be time to put some eyeballs on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We got through We got through some serious. Uh, we got through the kid ball. We got through some Saturday and Sunday football. You have anything else on the way out? I do. I have a, I have a, oh, a couple words for all the husbands and uh, uh, males that are, you know, with the females and, and kids are involved. And this is my advice. Be very helpful with the Christmas holiday cards. Goes a long way. Most importantly, get them done. Be so supportive. This, this goes back to done. last week when we when we talked about the, the Saturday window where I was called to go have some <laughs> photos. We got those back. Lovely. Got some good ones. Look, just be agreeable. Be agreeable. Help out. Smile. Say, of course. And yeah. by the way, you know what? In 2022, they got a DVR, man. Just put push pause. It'll be fine, right? Or do it before games start. That's what you Correct. did, right? There you go. Yeah. Just help out. That's 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 one to grow on. There you go. All right. We got Monday night football to watch. We got a show to do. Uh hope everybody has a good week. We appreciate uh we appreciate your time. Appreciate you being with us here at Sesame Pod. He's Stanford Steve. I'm Scott Van Pelt. Check out Stanford Steve and the Bear. They're both on heaters, I think, aren't they? We're doing all right. Yeah. What day is that? Wednesday? Thursday. Thursday. I don't, you know, I got a lot you to don't do. Li- you don't listen. It's okay. uh, I just text you and ask, who do you have? And go to the window. <laughs> all right, we're done. <laughs>